Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined, as always, by my uh, fellow compatriot. I didn't think of a different way to describe you this time. We'll just call you the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. How are you, sir? I'm great, Ryan. I'm glad you could finally make it, given that our recording schedule is a bit off today. Yeah, we're, we're here at approximately 2 a.m. No, I'm kidding. It is late, though. I'm not tired enough sounding for us to for this to be 2 a.m. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I could have had a uh, zero-calorie monster. So You could have. I don't drink caffeine. I get my thrills from inside the wrestling ring. You don't so. do much. You're a saint, aren't you? I'm a missing a couple miracles, but I'm I'm on that path. You know, yeah. I think if I do the right do the right thing, I might Vince might give me the call. You're like the Molly Holly of podcasting, unless she has a podcast. She probably does. I I'm under the impression every professional wrestler has a podcast or is regularly featured on one. Now, I have a bone to pick with you, Ryan. This is horrifying. On the wall behind you. In Cheap Seat Studios. Oh, I know what you're going to say. There's a picture of Theodore Long. An 8 by 10. Actually, that's an 8.5 by 11. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. It's signed as well. Oh, I know. I met the man. I know. Showed me his Hall of Fame ring and everything. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Good man. Did he put you in a tag team match that I think uh, ruined was, your night? I think he was really close to was he? I, I would like to say that I think... You because know, I, I know a guy who he put in a tag team match that I, ruined his night. I also know a guy who he put in a tag team match. Yeah. I think we're talking about recovered. the same guy. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, but, yes, um, that actually leads into where we're going to start. Uh, we went to Adrenaline Championship Wrestling's uh, show in Hagerstown back on uh, last Friday, April 28th. Um, did not know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, did not know if you were going to be on the card beforehand, and it did not turn out that that was the case. You did not, you did not take your talents to Hagerstown. Uh, no, I did not. Oh. I was watching the boss baby again, third time. Were you, did you, uh, I saw that, uh, one WWE's own James Ellsworth also saw the boss baby. He did. I told him about it. I said, you gotta see this movie. It's the greatest movie Hollywood's produced in 73 years. And he was like, all right. And he told me I was right, so. Uh, I'm trying to quickly do math, which is it's too late for that. I'm trying to figure out exactly what year 73 years ago was. Um, well, wouldn't it be? 1944? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been 19. What was the movie that came out in 1944 that was the other peak of Hollywood? Or is that when you consider the birth of Hollywood? You just ignore those first, like, 30 years. No, Hollywood was around 44. What came... Well, when was Wizard of Oz? 39? I believe so, yes. Well, maybe then. And White Heat, that was, like, 52. Um, hmm. I should know this. I'm a pretty big uh, film nerd. Interesting. I'm I'm quickly bringing up uh, movies that came out in '44. Correct. It's probably a lot of like. Uh, we have the Sullivans. Yeah. Uh, Wilson. 
which is a chronicle of the political career of U.S. President Woodrow Wilson. Double Indemnity, <laughs> Gaslight. Oh, Gaslight. That's and good. To Have and Have Not, which was a Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart movie. Hmm. So there is your random trivia for the day. The top five movies as uh, listed on IMDb, most popular feature films released between January 1st and December 31st of 1944. Which was a leap year, so. I I assume you're correct if, if that adds up correctly in my head, but I don't look into these things that closely. I just, uh, I just guessed. D- can you name a wrestler that wrestled during that time period? In 44? Yep. Um... Fez was probably still around. As people hear me typing away uh, on my keyboard as I go to look this up, because I love this stuff. Uh, Gorgeous George hadn't quite debuted yet, maybe in like another five, six years, but I think Fez was still going. Uh, We can run through some of the births from that year. Uh, The Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart was born January 1st, 1944. Wow. It kicked off 1944. That's how important Jimmy Hart is. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr., while his birth date, according to the listing I found, is unknown, he was born in 1944. Hmm. I'm looking for some other ones um, that were in that area. Oh, here's a particular one. Rocky Johnson. Hmm. Born uh, August 24th, 1944. And what I think will probably be most people's favorite, Bobby the Brain Heenan, November 1st, 1944. Yeah. You know, I've been watching a lot of the old um, Nitros from like 96, like right around the time the NWO just started. And uh, Bobby Heenan, I got to say, he's, he's great on commentary. Though, by the mid-90s, and I'm not sure if uh, if it was that way back then, but watching it now seems pretty dated, his commentary. A little bit, which... For instance, he was talking about how um, it was either Benoit Guerrero, one of those guys, he was talking about how they he made his name all over the world, you know, in, in Mexico and in Europe and in the Orient... So, yeah, you can't. I don't know if anyone uses the Orient anymore. Generally, people of that era, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, would you like to know the one wrestling event that I just found that happened in 1944 that's listed? I don't. Is it at the Cow Palace? No. Okay. It's not even in the United States. Really? Correct. I'm just going to go ahead and do that because dead air is not good comedy. No, go ahead. Uh, it was the EMLL 11th anniversary show. Uh, a Obviously a uh, major show event for that promotion. Uh, Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Uh, that took place September 22nd, 1944 in Old uh, Coliseo, Mexico City, Mexico. And uh, if EMLL sounds familiar, it was, of course, the predecessor to the oldest wrestling promotion in the world, CMLL, which is currently still uh, still obviously active 
and a relatively major force in Mexican res- uh, professional wrestling, both in Mexico and in the world. Yeah. Uh, just to throw this out there, the uh, results, the only results that are listed for this event, which I'm sure they're out there somewhere, but I certainly don't have the time to look them up at the moment. Is that Gorilla... Roman Reigns looks strong? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Gorilla Ramos beats Black Guzman to win the Mexican National Light Heavyweight title. Wow. I don't know what else might have happened on that card. It might have been a one one match card. Basically, it might have been a Roman Reigns pay-per-view so of light heavyweight is like 186 to 205 pounds in most sports. Um, right? Light heavyweights, uh, in, well, that's the weight class in mixed martial arts. Right, but not in boxing. But no. wrestling's more like mixed martial arts than it is boxing. Correct. If you consider light heavyweight in comparison to light heavyweight in Japan is 220 pounds. Um, in the U.S., there's cruiserweight, which is 205. Well, cruiserweight is a boxing term. It's a bastardized boxing term. Well, correct, but it's been used in the WWE. I believe cruiserweight used to just mean small person. Uh, well, it, it now originated they, in WCW. In WWE in the 90s, they had light heavyweight. The light heavyweight yeah. division, correct. But Takaminjinoku. Light heavyweight, as it right now, the top light heavyweight division, as it were, uh, which is expressly listed as that, and which actually has weight rules to it, is in New Japan, where right. 220 pounds is... Which is heavy for a light heavyweight, you would think. Well, So what do they call... There are light heavyweights would be, what, middleweights there? Um, This brings up an important question. Do you think weight divisions have a place in professional wrestling? I think it can... Do you can, like them? I think it can make for interesting ideas it, it can also make for interesting ways to bring certain guys in that you wouldn't necessarily normally see it's a good way to break the mold if you remember wwe's back in the late 90s their like mid to late 90s their light heavyweight division even though they were essentially just copying wcw for the most part when their light heavyweight division was brought in they brought in a lot of names that were very and a lot of styles that were very unfamiliar to the Attitude Era wrestling audience. Yeah. So it wasn't just brawling or, you know, quick quick sequences, or or I should say it was a lot of quick sequences, whereas the main product, for the most part, wasn't as fast as it would necessarily be today. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a thing I think about a lot because, A, if you do it, you have to stick to it, right? So if you institute weight classes, you can't just forget about them in three months when it's convenient for your storyline. But if you institute weight classes, then like what's going on now and has been going on in the UFC for the last couple of years, the heavyweight division, which is usually the main event of WWE shows. A heavyweight division in, in mixed martial arts is... Isn't very popular. Well, it's... I was just going to say the weight ranges between... 206 pounds and 265 pounds you have 265 is the maximum you can be at least in in ufc and i believe in the united states uh for athletic commissions you have to be under 265 to fight in heavyweight which is part of the reason brock lesnar had a little bit of an advantage when he would go in because that man walks around at like 290 300 pounds but he's able to cut 
enough weight to hit 265 and then put most of it back on when he was ready to fight the next day. So not to say that his MMA success was entirely on how much bigger he was, but it didn't hurt because he was no. fighting guys who were, you look at a guy like uh, one of the Noguera brothers. Uh, I I'm, I don't want to get too much into MMA, but they those guys were like 220 pounds at heavyweight versus a guy who's like 280, 290. Right. So that's not a good matchup now he didn't fight any of the Nogueras but they're really a big big names in that in that industry and that's the type of mismatches you can see in that which as when you see that in professional wrestling they put that on to a degree as you can see with guys like Braun Strowman right uh the big show these bigger attraction guys but for guys like John Cena who's like 240 250 yeah, he's probably a legit... He's a legit heavyweight. 240, yeah. I, I think mean, he's billed as 260 or 250, but they always... And that's another thing. If you do weight classes, you got to have weigh-ins, and you can't well, not, really... Now, now, you don't got to do anything, because if you remember... If you want to do it right. If you want to do it right. Well, if you look at what the way New Japan does it, they do actually keep to those... They're junior heavyweights have to be 220 and under, which when Kenny Omega, after AJ Styles uh, left New Japan, or I should say when Kenny Omega was in the process of booting AJ Styles from Japan, one of his grievances uh, on, on, on the mic, on the promo he was giving after he beat down AJ Styles was, I'm tired of starving myself to fight at 220. I am a heavyweight, you know, and it's, that was him being able to make the step up, and which culminated, you know, the year that AJ Styles had in WWE, Kenny Omega had pretty much the same year in Japan. He won the um, Grand Prix, the New Japan Grand Prix, and then went on to Wrestle Kingdom, the main event, in a 46-minute classic, which if you've not seen it, go watch it. Cause which th- the rematch was just teased all but announced for uh, Dominion coming up. So another big show with uh, Okada Omega as the main event. Right, and this also brings us to the fact that the Super Junior Tournament was just announced in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, the best of the Super Juniors, which that, obviously that's all their junior heavyweights. Japan has a f- New Japan has a couple of big tournaments every year if you've never watched it. I feel like everyone who listens to this probably has seen New Japan or knows this information. But just in case you don't, one of their big tournaments is Best of the Super Juniors, a super uh, junior heavyweight tournament. It works in points and then goes to like a tournament format right at the end where it's uh, single elimination. Um, I know uh, they have had some pretty big names that have won that over the years. Kota Ibushi has won that tournament in the past. Uh, Will Ospreay, I believe, actually won that last year. I think so. I'm remembering correctly. I believe he was the first foreigner to win the Best of the Super Juniors. Will Ospreay won last year because um, it was won the year before. Ah, the name's on the tip of my tongue, and it's really bothering me that I don't remember. Uh, Kushida. Kushida won the year before that. So, is... um. And I we I can just dis- like we can discuss that because they've announced who's in the tournament this is year. Is Naito in it? Because if he's in it, that's my pick. Uh, no, I don't. Naito is not a um, 
he is not a light heavyweight. Is he technically a heavyweight? He is technically a heavyweight. He's more in the world title picture, although uh, we could go into Japan forever. I don't really... Not that I don't want to. I love New Japan. I just don't, with my we'll schedule... We'll have to do a whole I would podcast like, about it. I would like to sit down and just watch New Japan for like a day yeah. and just catch up on well, everything. Well, you can get New Japan World, which is 999 yen. Which... At the time that I looked it up, equaled about eight ninety seven yeah. American. Um, but for the best of the Super Juniors this year, um, we now know that I'm going to name some of them. Not everybody. Block A includes Jushin Thunder Liger, who has to be in his, close to his sixties if he's not already. Yeah, but he's still a fine wrestler. He's he's not what he used to be, but I think for a lot of guys in the tournament. <laughs> He's probably their hero because that's the style they work. So it's going to be the time of their lives working with him. Jushin Thunder Liger is the nostalgia act that never goes away and is never done poorly. He's well, so beloved. Like, it's, it's, it's because he's still so good, right? It's like if the Hardys – now, obviously, they're going to do this with the broken gimmick, but if they just stayed the same gimmick but – started busting out all these new moves and when you thought they got too old or couldn't do it anymore they kept doing it i guess kind of like rock and roll express <laughs> they're still over that might still, that know. might be a more apt comparison i would say the rock and roll express are the american uh jushin liger interesting interesting comparison i think that's closer than the hardys would be yeah just because i would feel like the hardys would get well, bored themselves nostalgic right now although right now although the broken matt hardy is essentially just running through he's going through the biggest identity crisis i have a feeling the broken gimmick for him is just going to be running through every gimmick on like every show yeah um but uh also in this block a ricochet will osprey last year's winner um uh, and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Takahashi. Um, and of course, New Japan has a deal right now with Ring of Honor and with CMLL. CMLL, that deal came about pretty recently. Mm-hmm. They are now have a working relationship with them. Uh, joining that block A is going to be Dragon Lee from CMLL and ROH's Marty Skrull, which is not a, not a small name if you're a fan of independent wrestling in the West. No, this Super Junior lineup is probably the second greatest of all time. And I don't know the exact year, but there was one. I didn't even run through Block B yet. <laughs> I, I I know. You should announce it, but I know a lot of the names that are already in it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's probably the, the second greatest or depending on where these people's careers will go, which for people like Will Ospreay and Ricochet and Marty Scroll and Dragon Lee, they're going to go far. Uh, Black B is Tiger Mask 4. Uh, Kushida is in there as well. And um, a couple of other names I'm personally not as familiar with. Uh, Bushi is in this grouping as well. Um and uh, Volador Jr. from CMLL. And uh, what is listed on the reading that I've got in here, newly independent wrestler ACH is on this. I could have totally – you might have an actual pronunciation of that. It's no, literally – Okay, cool. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Is it like TJP? Like is that what Perkins is now no, going for? I don't – I actually don't know what ACH stands for. 
But he has a similar style Och. to Ricochet. Och. It stands for Och. It's Och. That's that's the sound, if you listen closely, that's what uh, Tozawa is actually yelling. Och. It's a silent C. Yeah. It's a silent ch. Um... Uh, but we wanted to talk briefly about the um, ACW show. Uh, I got a chance to meet Teddy Long, which I knew you weren't going to be super thrilled about. But I mean, what? I started uh, watching Mark. I started watching professional wrestling for full time. Shut up! Uh, in two thousand six, and just I ate it up. Like you can attest to my video, my. WWE home video collection. The DVD library in Cheap Seat Studios is a kind of scary (laughs) collection of every WWE home video release from 2006 to 2008. (laughs) Something like it's more like 2007 through about 2010 or 2011. Um, And I've got them up there in alphabetical order based on the talent. Um, Because. I'm a bit of a maniac. The best one is the Edge one, because the Edge one came in its own box. Decade of Decadence? Correct. It came. I bought like the special edition version, which came in its own box. It came with a skull cap, and it came with a t-shirt, uh, and a uh, ring, one of those like ring-worn piece of the person's tights. Really? I didn't know about the rest of it. I just knew about the skull cap, which is all I really wanted. Um, do you still have it? I do. It's upstairs. <laughs> I actually do wear it on occasion. That's good. It's still, it says rated R superstar on the front. Uh, rated R superstar. superstar. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, Edge. The, uh, I thought you were talking about Tony Chimmel for a second. I was like, Tony Chimmel should be in the Hall of he Fame. Should. He, he should. He was the, he was the original voice of my, uh, early wrestling fandom. Um, but, Anyways, back to my story. Teddy Long was obviously general manager of SmackDown mm-hmm. in that era when I started watching, and I always popped for his music hitting and the tag team match or Undertaker main event I knew was coming, and it just made me pop every single time, and it never got stale. So getting a chance to actually meet the man was kind of cool. The funny bit is I pulled up, and it was at the South Hagerstown High School, not to be confused with North east or west hagerstown high school he gets very upset if you confuse it gotta get it straight so um i pull up and there's like two basically quote parking spots uh that are there so i pull into the first one and this nissan pulls in behind me and i look into my rear view i'm like teddy long is the passenger seat of the car that's behind me i a beat teddy long there and b like rolled up and was like oh no just cool just teddy long just parked behind me was he buckled up um, I assume so. Seemed to be the case. Uh, he was, as Teddy Long does, he rocks the full three-piece suit. Oh, yeah. Um, he looks sharp. Went inside, got to, got to meet him, got his autograph, got a picture with him. I don't, I didn't know what to do with my hands. Literally didn't know what to do with my hands when the picture was being taken, and I'm terrible at, like, meeting people. Middle fingers is always a good one. I thought about it, although, like, he decided, because I told him that, I started watching in 2006 and it was a big part of my, you know, getting into wrestling. So when we go up to the picture, he's like, I'm going to give you the hall of fame. And I, I'd watched him for like four or five pictures and he didn't show the hands. I just froze and I sat down. And when, as soon as I sat down, I looked down at my picture that he had signed 
I looked up at the ring, and I was like, I didn't, like, say anything else. <laughs> I didn't say, like, I've gone back and I've watched your work in WCW. You know, thank you for all the years you put in the business. It's been a lot of fun and entertaining. Congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. Nothing. I started watching wrestling in 2006. <laughs> That's all I told him. Well, I mean. And I thanked him. To and be I shook fair, his hand. He, he he did have a long career before the WWE. Correct. But and he's that's, probably, on a mass scale, best known for that. Which is why every single one of his pictures is of his time in WWE as general yeah. manager. And it's probably where he made the most money, so I'm sure he's not sad that you recognized him from that. You know. Well, yeah, but it's not... Well, because that's really what I recognized him from, but... It's one of those smart mark moments where you just want to try and say, I understand you did more than this, but this is where I started. I want you to know I want you I'm to a know. nerd for wrestling. And NXT is my favorite ending. Um, that's but essentially s- the moment s- I was having, but I didn't get to spit anything else out. Circling back, full circle, the whole conversation, the other name that was there was Gilbert, and he actually had... Uh, the the old WWF light heavyweight title with the red strap. With he him. did, and I noticed that like too late uh. to like walk up to him because it looked so awesome. And I'm not good at meeting people, and I kind of hesitated, and I missed my chance. Uh. I need somebody with me, like I need a handler with me to just be like, it's okay, you can walk up and meet the nice retired celebrity. <laughs> like I'm so it's terrible fine. at it. Well. Just go to more wrestling shows, and you'll get used to it, and you'll be an old hand at it. I just I gotta walk up to you'll, Killian because you walk up to Killian enough, and it you just start getting used to. You just start to hate wrestling. Just you, <laughs> no, you start to hate wrestlers. Just everything they stand for. Yeah, they're just spraying you with water, and and they're just they're just trying to work you, and you're just getting salesman. mad. Yeah, I totally <laughs> you, understand you know what the, you mean. When I met Killian, he did not try and get me to buy his shirt. Which I would have bought it in a heartbeat, but he didn't even try. <laughs> he only wanted to talk about the podcast, which I appreciate. Only wanted to talk about how much he didn't like certain parts of the podcast. To to his credit, he said he liked part of it. Right. But he basically talked about he hated most of it. <laughs> um, hi, Killian. We'll have you on again sometime. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, so let's he go did through. 11 s- views or 12 views. No, hold on. That's just on SoundCloud. Just on SoundCloud. I don't know. I do actually have the numbers for iTunes and Google Play. Are they any good? I haven't looked at them. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't check them as much as I probably should. Um, So here's my question. Can people find us just by searching like wrestling or like WWE or. I do try and put um, wrestling and things as a tag. Sports entertainment. Not sports entertainment. I should start tagging that. Get in on that branding. WWE spent a lot of money on that branding. Uh, I should do that, but that's that's end of the show work. Let's let's we're kind of in the middle now. Okay. Well, uh, where do we want to do? We just let's hammer through through some news. News. Let's hammer through some news. I'd like to talk about what I find very interesting is the Vince McMahon biopic (laughs) that is being (laughs) written right now. Oh yeah, yeah that that news broke last week, and we completely neglected to talk about it. Uh, So obviously. The news has come out that WWE Studios, or at least WWE, is working uh, in conjunction with somebody to make a Vince McMahon bio, uh, biopic. And it's just supposed to follow Vince McMahon's life. 
the screenplay allegedly was leaked. And some of the crazy things that are in that screenplay are just off-the-wall insane. Yeah. There's... So, from my understanding, I haven't read the leaked screenplay or what much of what's in it, but um, first off, they had this movie written and it was being shopped around. And people were interested in it, but nobody wanted to move on it until Vince McMahon gave the okay, which I think's strange. Um, because I I feel like you can't do a truthful, honest movie about Vince McMahon unless you show some of the. I thought you were going to say flaws. unless he's dead. <laughs> no, unless you do some of the flaws, right? Um. But you would think with his ego that he wouldn't allow for that. But maybe he will. I don't know. All I know is he's got involved, and now the ball's rolling on it. I, I believe it's a lot of the same people that made American Sniper are involved in the making of this movie. I believe so. Do you want to hear some of the crazy details the that came out about this The only thing that screenplay? I know of is that apparently they have him meet Linda as she's a waitress in a strip club, uh, which is totally... Yes not factual (laughs) none of these are factual let's go through shall we linda mcmahon i'm oh by the way i am reading this off of comicbook.com because they had the first one that actually showed (laughs) the bullet points which is all i really wanted linda mcmahon works at a nudie bar as a waitress her character is also portrayed as very sexual i am literally reading this off this website that's so funny You got bleeped, and you didn't even curse. Oh, I know. Jeez. That's an audio. Come on, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, apparently you were booing Roman, so you got true. muted. <laughs> Unless it's the night after Mania, and then they let you just say whatever you want. I think they've stopped trying to mute Roman boos. <sighs> I guess, but they keep trying. It's so weird. Anyway. Um, Can, let no, me go through the rest the, of the these. The funny part about the Linda thing is she was like, she was like, goody most goody two-shoe person like they um her high school yearbooks got released like pictures from them and she's like president of the french club and like she just looks like a a a very um innocent girl so for her to be a waitress a sexualized waitress in a nudie bar i don't i don't even see because there's so much interesting stuff and if you're going to cover vince mcmahon's entire life why are you going to spend that moment dragging out this part that's not true and where do you even come up with that like how is that rooted in reality i think vince russo is writing this movie oh Um, god vince's dad dies during the steroid trial in the movie obviously in reality he passed away in 1984 yeah not 1994 wrestlemania uh vince's infidelity is exposed during the steroid trial making him look leading to him looking like a terrible person. Well, that's kind of true. This is the justification the movie uses for him to create the Mr. McMahon character, which replaces the Montreal Screwjob. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Jim Crockett well, takes over the role of Eric Bischoff in the movie as he comes to work for Ted Turner. Why? That's the, so bad. The, the film portrays Jimmy Snuka as a porn star before being scouted by Vince. Hold on, I've got one more. I hope this. I hope this all gets rewritten. But the one thing about on, Mr. McMahon miss- coming about on, after the, ju- the, the screw job is kind of true. Andre the Giant bit. Andre the Giant is the owner of a French restaurant in Montreal, 
when he is scouted by Vince. Never wrestled in Japan or or anywhere. Just uh, just worked at a, a French uh, bakery. Most people believe that this is garbage, and I also believe that this is garbage. There's no way this it's is like true. It's like they didn't even do research. Okay, this sounds more like a WWE project every time you speak. <laughs> um, so let's go through a couple of the other ones. Um, speaking of salacious things that's happened, apparently uh, another uh, wave of, of nude photos has been released of Charlotte Flair. And Yeah, here's the thing. These aren't anything like the page photos. These, I'm not saying anything against her, but these aren't trying to be sexual, sexy, sexual. I these look more like progress pics to me. Mm-hmm. She's she's clearly like I'm trying to see what my abs look like. I'm go- posing from the side, trying to see my definitions any better. She's like no makeup or hair or anything is done. I have not seen these, so I literally found this out when I was searching for news. They came earlier up tonight against my will, so I saw them, and then once I saw them, I was like, "I'll look at them." But there's no, um, there's no money shot on a title belt. There's no intercourse <laughs> at all. Um, oh, no, that page video. There's no tag team of the year candidates in this one. Um. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because that that video, all of that leak and everything is terrible. But like, you're yeah. making good puns. So. No, I'm just saying like the page one was clearly made with a sexual intent, which I'm totally fine with. You know, I I see nothing wrong with it, and neither does the WWE. Obviously, there was no rechorus on her. Page was in hot water to begin with. This she hasn't did been nothing. on television in like over a year. I think that's for other reasons, i.e., drugs and Alberto. Probably El Patron, um, <clears throat> but this Charlotte thing is—it's clearly like not that at all. So I don't think she should get punished. That would be ludicrous. Allegedly, the guy—and I don't d- defend or uh, condone the releasing of these pictures. Whoever this guy is, you're an idiot. Stop. I I agree completely. Although I do hope the guy gets caught because this is. This is messed up. Yeah. But. Um, and there was uh, rumors of an Alexa Bliss thing, but I heard those were like, oh, clearly photoshopped or whatever. There was rumors that there was Big E pictures out there, of which he responded by basically telling the person to go to hell. Oh, I did hear. I don't think it's a rumor. I think it happened, but I, I, I don't know for sure. But I think Victoria, who was um, Tara in Impact Wrestling. I think hers got leaked today as Isn't well. Isn't it bad that you have to re- you have to point out that she was an Impact Wrestling to for some people to remember who she was? Like I, I, I remember, mean, Victoria remember Victoria from her from her W right at the end of her WWE. I think time. now she has a wrestling themed restaurant in Chicago. I did hear something something so that's, similar to that's that. That's probably cool. Uh, but yeah, oh, I think she got leaked as well from what I remember. Anyway, whoever this guy is, it's ridiculous. Like this isn't the um, we at this point I think society understands like <laughs> we all have things that we don't want anyone else to see probably on our very own cell phones so I don't. <laughs> well you're a saint we established that I have many things I get if someone looks over at my phone to tell the time I get to start sweating I'm like I hope nothing pops up or oh my god what was the last thing I was looking at in my browser history <laughs> hopeful the hope 
well, I was about to say hopefully puppies, but I meant that like innocently, not puppies. like Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, also, this week X Pac was arrested on drug charges. Yeah, um, it's there's different things coming out about it. Apparently, the initial story was meth and marijuana or something like that. He's saying it was medication for a yeast infection. Weird thing for him to have on his person, unless he had a yeast infection. I mean, or was planning to interact with someone that had one. That's that last part seems more logical <laughs> from what I know about Xbox. Um, but uh, he claims he didn't relapse, and uh, that's good. So I mean, if he did, he did. It sucks. I mean, every addiction sucks, and people go through it. Um, so hopefully he's okay. You know. He he did miss some uh, European dates over it very unexpectedly, um, so I'm sure that's you know it sucks for the fans, um, but hopefully, you know Sean Waltman is healthy and happy and not going to go down a, a dark road here. We should look at some more lighthearted news. How about we? Uh... And I say this: Have we told the story of when I wrestled Sean Waltman? No, we haven't. Oh, you do sorry. owe the fans an Austin Aries story by the end. Austin Aries and Hummus. Uh, Austin Aries and Hummus. We're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. I want to go through the rest of the news. Billy Corgan is buying NWA. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was this was a big thing that came out this week. I don't understand it. I do. He wants to... He's still bitter. He's always wanted to own a wrestling company. I know. And he's always wanted to own a wrestling company that already had a name. He had one at one point. But it wasn't really name brand. Then he obviously bought into TNA. That all blew up. And now he's buying NWA. Which NWA obviously is nothing compared to what it was. It's been dead for a long time. It still has at least some name recognition. I I don't know. I think he would be better off at this point doing his own thing. It's like you tried to buy Pepsi... And you couldn't buy Pepsi, so you decided... To buy RC Cola? Yeah, and <laughs> and try to compete with Coke. I feel like that's an apt comparison, actually. Um, last one, Adam Cole, apparently, according to uh, PW Insider, his son. ROH contract has expired. I get PWI, son. Complimentary. <laughs> that's, I actually don't. That is actually not PW Insider. That is Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I know. That is a different PWI. I do. But I like the reference. I do Wrestling Observer. Thank you very much, Dave Meltzer. I don't disagree. Meltzer is easily the most connected man in the business. I pay my $9.99 a month to get my Wrestling Observer figure four online. Um, Whatever it's called. So do you not think this is true? Do you you have No, no, no. Uh, Adam Cole is a free agent. He's talked about going to WWE in the past, and it's pretty well known that There's WWE's been eyeing him. him. Yeah. Um, and it's been rumored for months that he's going there. And he he specifically, I believe, has said in an interview in the past, he wants to go to NXT. Yeah. Um, Which would make a lot of sense because Adam Cole, as big of a name as he is on the independent scene right now, he does not have the name yet to go to main roster if they wanted to have him be you know, something of a success, a la Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, definitely. Um, f- my understanding, everybody wants 
Adam Cole right now. So the world is his oyster. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up um, in New Japan. I wouldn't be surprised if he re-signed with Ring of Honor. Uh, obviously, his if he does sign with WWE, his last show I think will be the next PWG. Um, but if I mean. He stated it before that he he does want to go to the WWE and NXT specifically. So if that happens, that'll probably be the least surprising one for me. Now, if he shows up in, you know, WXW or something, <laughs> I'll be surprised. He's at he's at the next uh, the next local promotion. He's yeah. uh, he, suddenly he's in AAA. <laughs> That's not a local promotion. I went completely in the other direction with that. But he suddenly have, he shows um, up in AAA. He doesn't have Matthew Matthew Riddle syndrome, so I think he'll be safe anywhere. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, although that would be another Bullet Club member to go to WWE. It would. Um, you got to think Bobby Roode's probably pretty close to being called up. So when he gets called up, they are going to need a big star. Probably post-SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, although, uh, would you be super surprised if Roode was just champion until next WrestleMania? I wouldn't be. I think with I his age, I would think let's move him up because he's obviously he's in his late thirties. He's at the peak of his game as far as his wrestling career goes. You know, I think he's. You don't want to leave him in NXT too long, but we saw Nakamura was in NXT for a little over a year, or for well, exactly a year, mm-hmm. and even at his age, being in his mid to late thirties. That did him a world of good. So extended time in NXT is not necessarily a bad thing, even if you're a bigger name. Yeah, and there's not a huge youth movement right now in WWE, and um, with the reduced size of the wrestlers, you can stay in that shape and work that style for a little bit longer. Whereas, you know, before, with all the enhancements or whatnot, your body can only hold up a certain amount of weight to when you get into your 40s unless you're like you know the rock or somebody um but i think you'll see careers go into that mid 40s um age range for a little bit um until they can get some more stars over but yeah nxt is probably going to need some depth so Adam Cole could go there, but then that leads to an interesting, like, how well does Adam Cole match up against Drew McIntyre, who I assume is going to be taking over as head of NXT. But that's all predicated on the fact that we're assuming Bobby Roode's going to get called up. You got to remember a lot of these guys. Uh, look what happened to James Storm. He kind of fizzled out. Now, Bobby Roode became champion, and he's way super over, so he'll probably get called up. But... When, uh, for instance, when Samoa Joe got brought in, he was told, look, you're just here to get the NXT guys over. We're not guaranteeing you anything, you know. So I think the same was probably said to a lot of those XTNA guys and to Bobby Roode probably. Obviously, with the glorious thing, they're probably wanting him on the main roster. Yeah, I, they need I, somebody. I would the, be willing. Have you seen the ratings this week? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, what do you think about them? I, we're going to get into to payback in a minute. But 
Um, what do you think about the fact they're basically building backlash entirely around Shinsuke Nakamura? I think it'll be obviously not the whole card. Live. All of the advertising is being wrapped around, like the advertisement during payback. I was like, oh look, it's a Shinsuke Nakamura promo, and then I realized it was a backlash promo, and I was now they're wrapping the entire media campaign around Nakamura, which as a Nakamura mark, I am thrilled that he's getting the the what I believe he deserves as the what he's earned and what his push I think needs to be. But we've never seen something like this before. Now, um you know, it's a lot of pressure obviously. If he botches uh the match o- overall, not just one or two spots, but really S is the bed. Well, now, remember, he is going up against Dolph Ziggler, who is one of their better workers. At True, least one of, their bellers, was, one of their better sellers. If which this I was think a is certain time in the WWE, Ziggler would throw the match on purpose <laughs> just to have a spot open up above him. But I don't think it's that he, time anymore. I think he his character is supposed to be Shawn Michaels' light. I don't think he actually is Shawn Michaels' light. I'm not saying Shawn ever did it. I'm just I'm not saying naming names. <laughs> I'm not throwing Shawn Michaels under the bus, but SummerSlam 2005. <laughs> no, hey, I mean the Which is one of the greatest matches of all time and never gets his due because it is one of the most entertaining it is pieces. Entertaining. We're still of, talking about it, right? Of work. Are we talking about Survivor or SummerSlam 04? SummerSlam 06, you know, Summer we're talking about SummerSlam 05 because of that. SummerSlam 06 was, I don't even remember, off the top of my head. It's a good thing I've got the SummerSlam <laughs> 20th anniversary box set over there, which is all 20 SummerSlams and it's in a cooler. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's a, back to the, what we were talking about, it's a lot of pressure on Shinsuke, I have no doubt he can pull it off, but... I think they're going to be watching this heavily because this is a good way to test, right? So if they're looking at the numbers of how many of their subscribers watch Backlash and it's, you know, less than payback, let's say, then maybe they could see that as a problem. Or if it's way up, hey, this guy's a star. We can push him as such. We don't really need to be too concerned with when Cena comes back, but when he does, we can do Cena Nakamura. So um, I think it's a proving ground for Shinsuke and, and you know I think he'll hit it out of the park I'm a big Shinsuke fan but if he doesn't it'll be weird to see what happens I'm assuming there's going to be a big elaborate entrance for him and the, they're they're going to go to the whole nine um main event probably not they'll probably bring Lee uh Lee England Jr. back who is the uh <laughs> the violinist who was out there for his initial debut against the Miz which I would have loved a Miz Nakamura feud, but obviously that was not to be, which would explain why there was no interaction. I would love Miz with anybody at this point. (laughs) Well, you're going to get Miz versus Ambrose. Again. Again. Uh, Which is fine. Well, let's get to Raw in a second. We have to talk about Payback. Uh, We had two. We kind of do. It's so bad, though. Back pay. Um, Back pay. That's what I want. (laughs) <laughs> I want my money back for pay- payback. Well, now, hold on now. The Jericho-Owens match was really good. Good, yes. It was good. And they swerved us. They did swerve us. We weren't expecting Jericho to win. I 
literally yelled what as it happened because I was like, he's not going to get the three. He's not. He got the three. Um, yeah, I like that they went back to the hand and they told that story and that was really good. But kind of everything after that was, went downhill. Well, I don't, I don't think everything after that went downhill. I, I actually think the first part of the card was pretty good. The the pre-show wasn't terrible. Uh, if we're being for for pre-show of a non-WrestleMania, fifty-fifty yeah. booking. I don't well, enjoy. Well, hold on. The 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 Finn Balor Miz thing that was, was okay. Relatively entertaining. Um, what do you think the likelihood of a Finn Brock match is now? I would, I would pop for it because I think it would be entertaining. I just don't see it because I don't think WWE would see it. I mean, they do like that big guy little guy match. So so I well yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um we'll we'll see how that plays out. The first four matches on this card were actually pretty good. Uh Jericho against Owens, Aries versus Neville, and the only kind of smudge, well, the only good one that matters. Yeah. I actually didn't mind the finish. I think it's a good way to keep the feud going the, and I think the it's their finish, best feud on 205. The idea right of the now. finish is fine. The way they pulled it off. Yeah, it was a little weird. Uh, Felt a little clunky. The Hardys taking on Cesaro and Sheamus. They beat Cesaro and Sheamus, and then Cesaro and Sheamus go heel. This, um... Which is weird, because they were as over as they were going to, I think, as they can be right now. Well, that's the time to switch, usually, but... Normally, but we've seen what happens when you switch Sheamus too fast. Sheamus has a problem with being one-dimensional, and Cesaro's just so much better. Sheamus has a problem with being the worst worker I've ever seen. (laughs) Wait, wait a minute. He punted a stationary opponent in the mouth and knocked his tooth out. He did. Um, I you you mentioned that he knocked out Jeff Hardy's tooth, and I I'm gonna pat myself on the back and just and just in the moment was just like, no, it was deleted. Yeah, which. Made me very happy. Um, oh, I came up with a response for that, but I forgot. Let me think about it. Uh, so, and then Alexa Bliss. Now, I... M- oh. The, are we back to the tooth? Yeah. Does the lake of reincarnation fix teeth? Uh, no, but the dentist that they can afford certainly does. Um, Senior Benjamin. The dentist. Senior I'm Benjamin the- in, a past, in one of his past DDS. lives. Yes. <laughs> he was actually Isaac Yankum. Yes. Uh, that's what happened. Oh, I would he... pop so hard for that segment. <laughs> if they did that on Raw and Kane came back and dressed up as Isaac Yankum, that would be great. <laughs> Kane's too busy running for mayor. That's true. Um, mayor of Knox County. Things we learned last week. <laughs> uh, and then Alexa Bliss versus Bailey, which the crowd was still really hot. And I think the crowd was pretty well into it. And then Alexa won. And yeah, I don't get it. It killed the crowd, and I messaged you at that moment, and I said, "That's where they lose the crowd for the night," and they never came back. It did not well, help. Well, they came back for Braun and Roman, but that's it. Not even that, though. Like most of them, they were sitting on their hands a lot during that match. They were loud, but not as loud I mean, as I think WWE. The would moment, want them the, to be. the the loudest pop of the night was clearly Bailey's entrance, um, which you know you knew was going to happen. She's right. the San Jose hometown kid and having her lose in that moment did not make any sense no it was a, it was a really bad booking decision i don't disagree and it's, this, it's this like antiquated um idea i don't disagree with giving 
bliss the title. She she is clearly the best heel on maybe on not Raw. right away. Maybe SummerSlam. Or I something. could see where that turns into give it to her at SummerSlam, or you could give it to her at the next pay per view. Just work it up because Extreme Rules would be a great way for her to get over yeah. Bailey by see, using weapons or using something something we haven't seen before. Having Bailey lose in her hometown. I jokingly said everyone loses in their hometown, and then it happened, except Naomi, who won at WrestleMania. Right. Um, losing in your hometown doesn't work anymore. No, here's it just, why. It just kills the audience. Yeah, here's why. So back in the day when you weren't on pay-per-view or even TV for that matter, they would probably run a loop, and it would probably go from, like, Seattle down to, like, Phoenix, right? And if they pass through San Jose on that loop and they have Alexa go over hometown girl Bailey, well, great. That way when they are swinging back up, they can have Bailey go over and get an even bigger pop the second time around. Because if she won the first time, that kind of kills the feud. So I agree. If, if you're going to feud with two people, having the heel go over in the first match is a good idea. Unless it's this time this era of the WWE where the next time they go back to San Jose is next year. Can you even guarantee me that Alexa bliss is going to be a heel, you know, or or, or or Bailey's going to be a face or she's going to still be on raw. Right. Or in the title picture. Like, so it it just, the planning and the lack thereof made me very upset, but, and, and it killed the crowd. But then again, if, Bailey goes over, where does the feud go from that? So I would have been happy with like a, a dirty finish there as opposed to the cruiserweight match. Well, it was their first match, so I could very well see Bailey defends her title, gets the hometown pop, and then you have Alexa essentially interfere the next night or something to keep that feud going right. until they get to Extreme Rules, which that's where you can have Alexa go over and cheat to do it. Which she didn't really cheat. She was smart. Which I love smart heels. Yeah, she just she, she beat just her. <laughs> he she just beat her. She got in a good spot, took advantage of the situation. She didn't have to have help from the outside. She didn't have to use a chair. She didn't have to do anything like that. She was able to just win and win clean. I just I don't I don't agree yeah. with how they did that because I'm not against any of this happening, but it happening the way it did, where it did, didn't make any sense. And like the other thing is, you just had Bailey go over Charlotte, uh, Nia Jax, and Sasha Banks, not even a month ago. <laughs> I guess their idea is we're gonna push Alexa to the moon so that she's taken seriously. You don't have to. No. Alexa, unlike Charlotte, I think Charlotte almost always has to be in the title picture. You don't have to have Alexa in the title picture. She is yeah. great in that role. She doesn't have to be in that role. She is a good heel. She doesn't need the title all the time. That being said, let's go on to what has to be the the one thing that people will remember if they remember this pay-per-view. The one thing people will wish they didn't remember and the... try to take everything in their <laughs> medicine cabinet to forget about. The house... Of horrors, which I've heard disputing, I've heard arguments both directions, surprisingly enough. People either loved it or hated it. Oh, I thought you were going to say people either thought it was the worst or hated it. Uh, Thought it was the worst is a pretty good category. 
Um, this was a terrible thing all the yeah. way around. I if was expecting. If you think this was good, we I want you to come on this podcast and I want you to tell me why it was good. How in the you're gonna you might have to bleep me on Please this. Please don't. One, I, I'm getting real sweaty and passionate over here. How was this a good match? In what world? What reference? What rule book are you using to describe this as a good match? We had horrible cheesy over the top effects like a tractor rolling backwards by itself how how we else did you think randy blue was floodlights on a standard looking house uh randy is supposed to be in what i'm assuming is kind of like a hardcore match goes in without a shirt on and pads and he's wearing pads Jeans and no shirt and no shirt. The and doors he taped locked. Up his wrists. The doors locked. Um, there's stupid cheesy Blair Witch Project decorations in the house. Um, you can see the cameraman shadow ninety percent of the time. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> I looked at that and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" The Hardys could have shot this better. Yeah, you, it's not like you, it wasn't a pre-tape. The Hardys did shoot this better. Oh, and by the way, it was sunlight out in San Jose, and it was dark that, in this House of Horrors. That's match. how you know the House of Horrors was not in San Jose, because... Well, it had as, to be somewhere that you could drive to in a limo in 20 minutes. Well, we know that Bray Wyatt has teleporting powers. That house was clearly in Florida, and it was then, actually in St. Louis, which is funny. They found the real house. Oh, I'm looking at it. Did you know it's for sale? Uh, yeah, you can buy it. Why? <laughs> do you want? Do you know how much it's for sale for? Let me let me take a guess. Take a stab. Do you want any hints? Eighty thousand. You're closer than I thought you'd be, but you're still way off. Sixty thousand. You're getting warmer. Thirty thousand. Thirty six. Jeez. You can buy the House of Horrors for thirty. You know that's almost worse. Buy it and burn it down, please, so they never film another House of Horrors match again. It is in. It is at uh, thirty nine one fifteen Business Ten Highway in Richmond, Missouri, about forty five minutes from Kansas City and twenty eight hours from San Jose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I or will give you credit on this one. Twenty minute limo ride one 20 minute well when you have those green napkins sitting off on the side and those glasses that limo ride just breathes that you know, it goes by like a here's tyler what, here's here's the thing that really bugged me the the pacing of it it was so slow for what it was and they had to go through each cheesy room and they ended up in the kitchen and it seemed like they laid on the floor of the kitchen for 20 minutes and then bray drops the refrigerator on randy and then takes approximately three hours to walk out the front door of the house not before he drops to his knees and turns the house red yeah for some apparent just the lights. i'm on raw now <laughs> oh did you notice how i'm pretty sure not one smackdown star went over a raw star on this mat on this pay-per-view kevin owens lost to chris jericho uh Randy Orton lost to Bray Wyatt. It's a Raw exclusive pay-per-view. They said it a million times. And the two, like, biggest matches, two of the three biggest matches on the card involved SmackDown talent, involved SmackDown champions. Yeah. This is, this is just, this was an aggravating pay-per-view. Honestly, 
like and, I said, and, and and the idea to start the match and then have another match while the other match was still technically going on, awful. So 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 you want you mean to tell me this is all happening in real time, and conveniently, Bray Wyatt just makes it back to the arena when there's nothing scheduled to happen. It's it's an open ring. You know, I it would saw, have been much more authentic if they would have came out at the end of another match. I saw a really good tweet about, you know, you know what would be infinitely more interesting? Finding out how, following Randy Orton trying to get back to the arena. And I immediately, my response is, the amazing hitchhiking adventures of the legend killer, of, of the apex predator. That would have been immensely more entertaining than what we got. It's just, just a whole bit where he is trying to get from wherever the House of Horrors actually is, which apparently is available by limo to get to, <laughs> which was also weird. You know this would have been insanely better if Randy Orton just walks up to the house. It's a low shot of the house, and it's just looking at the house for about five seconds, and then you see Randy Orton step forward from behind the camera that's like basically on the ground. He looks tall and dominating and everything that you all the tropes and then he walks slowly towards the house and you get in there they could have used a lot more quick cuts that would have made this look way better except for that goofy crap they did it feels like they didn't know what to do with this until a week beforehand and they were like it's like a college student knowing your papers do and you're like well i better do something and that's what they came up with because they threw that together there's no way they outlined that more than a week in advance. No, and and they did because clearly all they did when, it down the street from Randy's house in frickin' St. Louis. Yeah. Although I think he lives in Florida. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I mean, like, when in a wrestling match is there six uh, Hitchcock angle cuts? You know, and none of them make made any sense. No, no. The one spot that was kind of entertaining was Randy Orton stand next stands next to the clearly busted wall. And we just wait for Bray Wyatt to reach his arm out and grab him. I actually had much different expectations for this. I thought it would be a lot of dark rooms. Like, it wasn't actually a house. It was pretty, like, nondescript. You just walk in, and it's just different rooms. And it's you really could have done a lot with the psychology of this, of playing with, like, Randy Orton's past. And there are, like, pieces of his past. And then Bray Wyatt's, like, around every corner. Or just, you know, one of Bray Wyatt's flock. You know, like, one of the... Undertaker's little druids is just sitting around a corner and just attacks him and it's him having to fight off these different demons from his past getting to where he is now you know he walks into a room and there's a bunch of snakes on the ground you know like just it would have still been cheesy but it would have been so much better and Bray Wyatt it's like in a video game Bray Wyatt's the boss at the end that was the final room was Bray Wyatt and whether and I think you could have been way smarter about it instead of having the weird like you know how we'll explain how they get here limo make it so that he walks through the door and he's suddenly in gorilla like have it if you've got those bray wyatt teleport powers that you're using all the time just have fun with that don't do this garbage of three minutes of these two just smacking each other we could see that on any any episode of smackdown yeah it it I, I would have had less of a problem with it if it happened on SmackDown. Um, the fact that it was on a pay-per-view and it was... So you have a live pay-per-view crowd that's paying pay-per-view prices for their tickets. I bet they wish they weren't. 
and they got a 20-minute pre-tape, which apparently boring chants were ringing out through the arena while it was happening. Yep. And that so. was just in my living room. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, the, uh, your idea is good. I mean, just do something with it. Don't just, ah, oh, it was so lazy, and it was so bad, and it was so just... <sighs> Uh, it wouldn't even have worked in the '90s, <laughs> you know. Eh, yeah, it was it was kind of awful. Uh, Raw was largely forgettable after the fact. We had the coronation was the first segment of Alexa Bliss, which I thought she played off lovely. And yeah, I didn't her- catch most of Raw or SmackDown this week. I was I was I was a little busy. But I caught uh, the main event of Raw, which well, I really, heard was kind of the only good part. Really quick before we get there, Alexa Bliss had a really funny moment where she's basically talking down all the faces. And Sasha Banks like kind of steps towards her, and she backs up. All the women's division of Raw is standing in the ring. She backs into Nia Jax, and she slowly turns around as she realizes who's behind her. And she just looks up at her, and Bliss, who's obviously relatively small, she's about five foot, um... Five Feet of Fury, something like that. And then Nia Jax, who's like 6'2", um, somewhere in that neighborhood. She looks up at her and just goes, we're good, and just turns around and walks away, <laughs> which was good. It was a good It was a good little moment, and it that's where Alexa's good, the little details that she's able to hit. But you get to the main event of Raw, and we have the triple threat for the number one contendership for the, U, or for the Intercontinental title, which I think they're smart. Just point out that it is the main title on the brand right now. Because the Universal title's gone probably till SummerSlam, or it's gone for a while. Well, I thought it would be back for Extreme Rules, but it looks like it's coming back for... Um, Battleground? Great Balls of Fire. Is that actually what it's called? Yes. Oh! It's the July Raw exclusive, and that'll probably be... I don't know if that'll be Braun... Braun versus Lesnar's either going to be July or August. I am so sorry, Dallas. I didn't realize what this was. I just looked it up. It's real. It is. Great balls of fire. That is awful. Tickets available tomorrow. Um, That is horrendous. Probably the worst pay-per-view So we know we're going to get Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe one more time, which makes sense after their match at Payback. We're going to get that at Extreme Rules. That's going to be a good match. We'll probably get more than one more time. Well, knowing how Raw books, yeah, probably. And then uh, it looks like Finn Balor's ready to take out, uh, win the championship or win the number one contendership. And Bray Wyatt shows up and picks up where that feud kind of started a few weeks ago. And we're going to get Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, which I am very for. I am all for that match. I've kind of lost uh, faith in Bray. I don't think Bray was the problem. <laughs> I think Bray's character is the problem. Right, I mean, he's still not a, though, you gotta... He's not bad in ring, and that's if I think if you really want to watch a Finn Balor match, pay more attention to the in-ring, you know that. Well, his in-ring really as of late hasn't been too stellar. So, we're going to go I mean, to look ex- at his WrestleMania match and look at the House of Horrors. Match, we're going to so go to Extreme great. Rules, right? So we can go watch those entrances for like 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> cool. That's going to be a couple of really awesome entrances, though, back-to-back. Yeah. I think Extreme Rules will be pretty good. Uh, so, um... I get, I'm assuming that's where Ambrose and Miz will 
have their Intercontinental title match. Yes, and I assume that's I also... Like, I we're going like to get Ambrose's bro- promos on Raw, too. I will say that. I'm not as... I'm not as big on Ambrose being goofy, but he did it to good effect playing off of who he had with him. Right. Um, that When he's around serious people, him being goofy works out, especially in those moments, the way he he's kind of like not in a deep feud with anybody at the moment. So that works for me. I just want to see him turn serious because he never really like flicks that switch. I think it's uh, it's time for it. an Ambrose heel run where he's a serious, vicious heel would be good. Yeah, if you want to play up the lunatic fringe, it's really easy. Just have him go off the handle on people. I think it's a it's a pretty easy character to write, and I think he can play it. It's they don't want to because I think he moves a lot of merch, and he is relatively well liked. But he's he's not getting the Seth Rollins and the Seth Rollins pops and the Finn Balor pops and the New Day pops. I I want some New Day pops. Uh, so we go to SmackDown. Uh, we had the U.S. Championship. Uh, introduction yeah again on smackdown uh which i was for i i liked how they did that with jericho although the writing was kind of on the wall uh jinder mahal had to return the championship way to make jinder look strong <laughs> i'm doing a photo shoot but you're going to take my prop like at least put up a fight man <laughs> but Either way, Ty Dillinger defeats Aiden English. Aiden English looks like he's bound for a Phantom of the Opera turn. Yeah. I have a feeling that's where that's headed, as he had a breakdown. And Ty Dillinger uh, introduced his newest version of the tiebreaker, which instead of doing the move on the back of the head, I believe he gets him up and puts him down, like, chin first on his knee, uh, which I don't think it's going to be the tiebreaker. But it looked cool. I don't see how he's ever going to do that against somebody over 270 pounds, but we'll see. Uh, I hope so. I like Ty Dellinger a lot. Uh, Carmella and Natalia defeat Naomi and Charlotte. Not a whole lot there. Charlotte seems to be headed for a face turn. Yeah. Uh, which is a little weird because I think she's such a good heel, but we'll see how it goes. She's a good enough performer. I think she can pull it off now. I think. I see a lot of. Uh, I see a very similar career trajectory of her father as to her. I, so yeah. she'll change back and forth a thousand times. I'm just I'm excited to see when we actually get a four horsewoman stable. Could happen because I have a feeling they're always going to keep that in their back pocket. Uh, Dolph Ziggler beats Sin Cara after uh, Sin Cara comes out in what is his new getup, which is kind of weird. He's very blue. Yeah. Uh, and the main event was Owens and Jericho. Owens beats Jericho uh, to regain the United States Championship. Uh, and then proceeded to beat down Chris Jericho. I don't know why he attacked the throat. We know he's going to go do Fozzie stuff. That just seems mean <laughs> on uh, Kevin Owens' part and just unnecessary. But what happened yeah, happened. especially since there's no chance he's going to sell it outside of wrestling. Wouldn't it be funny if it's he go- like he's going to cancel got, Apparently concerts. he's doing a show in like West Virginia in a couple of weeks. Wouldn't it be really funny if he showed up to do the first couple of shows and like he really struggled to sing? No, not would you, for the fans. Would you put it past Jericho to actually sell it? Um, I I just don't think it would make sense. Like, not to Fozzie fans. It, most Fozzie fans. Something else. It's not like when um, when Brock broke Triple H's arm and he wore the cast around the office. For but he weeks. showed up to Floyd Mayweather's fight and he Without wasn't wearing it. the cast. Yeah. 
I like how many people got mad because he wasn't do he wasn't in kayfabe. Well, it's like it was do more it or people, not do it. More people got mad that he wasn't in kayfabe than people that got mad that he was walking out with like somebody who had been accused of domestic violence multiple times. Kayfabe more important. Apparently. No, kayfabe is less important in that <laughs> yeah, moment. Yes. Uh, so no Shinsuke Nakamura. He was he just did a they just had a video package for him, but um, so that takes us that takes us through everything. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to add since we're at our customary over one hour time? <laughs> trying to think of any other um, major news stories. I'm probably forgetting some. I don't think so. I think everything else is just kind of pushing forward. Uh, Hideo Tommy is back. Yeah. Came back last week on NXT. Although I maybe broke that news earlier given that he's been on the house, the house show circuit already yeah uh Hideo Itami looks like it's gonna be the next Bobby Roode opponent uh whether they'll probably do that he's on guy, he kind of got lost in the shuffle didn't he he was if you remember he was actually pre-Finn Balor if you think about it like he was like Sami Zayn era yeah and now like Zayn's been up for a couple of years Finn Balor's been up for a year now I mean, injuries have not helped the man, but I think he's yeah. over enough and he's got enough. Well, I think the can... problem with him is he's too lean. When you're when you're when you don't have that much body fat on you, you're, you're very susceptible to injury. That's he's in the kind of shape um, that bodybuilders get in when they pose. Which, if you know anything about bodybuilding, that's them at their weakest and at their most vulnerable to injury. They don't work out like that. And if you see a bodybuilder in the off season, he doesn't look like that obviously um so he's in that kind of shape and that's why i guess i mean did you hear the list of injuries he had torn bicep torn pec um you know just unfortunate uh, yeah it was like four things so um i think maybe dean is right maybe he needs to eat a carb Although that was Finn he was talking to. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about Hideo. No, no, no. I'm talking about Finn because you said he was out with injury for a year, but he's been up for a year technically. Well, yeah, that's – yeah, we – I misunderstood because we were talking about Hideo. He was also had a tough injury history yes. in the last two years. He has too, uh, but for not the same reason. I don't know. He – I think Finn is He's fine. Got a I long think climb up. Finn has had a couple of really freak accidents happen to him in a row. Yeah. Um, he hasn't always been that injury prone. But um, all right, that'll wrap it up for us. It's super late, and we have to get this up online. Yeah. So uh, you know where to find us. <laughs> you know where to find us. If you don't know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you because that's how podcasts work. All right. Uh, you can find Lee on. Uh, on Facebook, and uh, just search for Lee Brando. He's the one that looks like a wrestler. Yep. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore. And Snapchat. And Snapchat. Um, I'll snap pictures of my cat. And that's not even a euphemism. He's talking about the cat. Um, and uh, are, are you on Pinterest? Should people look for you there? No. Okay, What's well, Pinterest, not Pinterest. All right, so we're not going to worry about it. So uh, you can find the show. Obviously, you find I'm us on JDate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you could find us online uh, on Twitter at Barricade Show, uh, Facebook.com/slash Barricade Show, SoundCloud.com/slash Barricade Show. Find us on iTunes 
and Google Play. Just search for the Over the Barricade podcast. We'll come up, download, uh, subscribe, leave us those likes, give us those five-star reviews, hand them out like Meltzer, um, and uh, send us an email. Send us an email over the barricade, over the barricade, over the barricade. That's where I'm going. Over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Have we gotten any emails? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, have you checked it? I have. Okay. Uh, mostly system emails. Mostly SoundCloud. Like, are you okay? <laughs> are you Are you fine? Are you all right? Uh, but that's it for us this week. Uh, we will be back next week. We can talk about. Uh, the WWE continuings next week and see how this Adam Cole news... See if their ratings get even lower somehow. uh, It's not a good sign for them. They're struggling. They're struggling, at least on the ratings front. I think Raw did the worst rating in 20 years. By the way, the name of this podcast is going to be Back Pay, and in parentheses it's going to be House of Borers, because I'm really stuck on that for some reason. We did not start talking about the House of Borers until 55 minutes in. (laughs) So... Cool. Good stuff. Thanks for sticking along. We will see you next week. 